Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Show. We are excited to be here with you again on this absolutely lovely spring day. I am hoping that you are all doing well as we approach this time of year, this wonderful time of year. We have a great interview for you today with a wonderful person, and I love the topic, Crisis to Confidence. Uh, everybody in the world literally has gone through a, co- a crisis in this last year. So how can we flip that into being confident? Can a business, can your entrepreneurial business, can it survive crisis and become confident and have confident employees and, and so on and so forth. And we are here to interview and talk with Karen R. Jenkins. Let me tell you a little bit about Karen. Karen is the president and CEO of KRJ Consulting, a full-service consulting firm providing companies and their employees with the skills and resources to become more committed to their performance, empowered to affect change, and be prepared for the journey ahead. With over 30 years of experience, Karen is a recognized speaker, author, and leadership consultant, equipping executives with the necessary tools to create results-driven organizational change. I love this topic. Karen, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here today with you. It is my pleasure. And it is definitely a topic that have no idea what just happened there. <laughs> it is one of the topics that is really on a lot of people's minds. There's so much going on in the corporate world and how do we make these adjustments? So I'm looking forward to having this this discussion with you today. I want I always start by asking my guests what brought them to build the business that they have built. So why did you start? Give us a little bit of your background. Why did you start KRJ Consulting? I tell you, Julie, it was not by choice. Unfortunately, I, you know, I can't tell you I had this massive dream of being an entrepreneur. It was the furthest thing from my mind. I had been in the banking industry, uh, initially in the banking industry for 12 years, and then moved into mortgage banking for another 11, and was planning to finish my career there. I thought maybe later on I would go into some form of teaching at the collegiate level, but this was not in my purview. What happened was, of course, I worked for a mortgage company, and in 2007, I got laid off and did not see the writing on the wall and ended up opening a mortgage company with my nephew two months later. So I think I got laid off in January, and then we opened up a mortgage company in March. So after looking for other comparable positions locally, I could not find any. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, if you can't create your opportunities by going to work someplace else, then why not try to create it by creating your own position? And that's what we, that's what we ended up doing. And that worked well for a year. And then, of course, the economy tanked in 2008, and we started kind of back 
feeling to figure out where we were going and what we were going to be doing. And a local nonprofit in Charleston, South Carolina, reached out to me because they wanted my mortgage banking background but not my mortgage company. And they were fighting foreclosure in the state of South Carolina. So they asked me if I would come in, and I did. So I created my current company, J Consulting, to be a service provider for a nonprofit to fight foreclosure in South Carolina. And from there, we evolved from being a counselor to where we saved 148 homes in about eight months to being an outreach provider for them and, and an intake provider for them to consulting and doing some project work for them. And then all of a sudden, their projects dried up, and, and nonprofits loved working with them, but their, their, their sales process is really slow. So we had to come up with another methodology, and I decided to leverage my expertise in uh, training, development, and coaching and rebranded the company in 2012 to do more of that and to do more of that more in the corporate and the government arena. And that's kind of how we got here today. So you literally were in one of those situations where with the downturn of the economy and your previous positions, you were in a state of crisis and then oh, turned yeah. and built built this company. Definitely. So that's- for, for me, it's always been about the pivot. You know, you have to position yourself to be able to be agile enough to move when the economy moves or to adjust when the job moves. And, and that agility, I think, is what makes most entrepreneurs successful. I love that. And, I, you know, I've noticed with the, the entrepreneurs that I've interviewed over the last, say, six months, the ones who have had success are the ones who are willing to just be open-minded and ready to do what you said, pivot and make an adjustment rather quickly to a different way of doing things. And doing so, I, I like the way how you say with confidence. So how can a business survive even if they, if, if they are still in that crisis mode, they're still struggling, how can they make that pivot and change from crisis to becoming confident? So there's, there's several processes that you have to go through when you're in crisis. And, of course, Lord knows I've, I've had several. So I've gone from being laid off to losing a business to – you know, having my business start growing, and then my father got ill in 2015, and I had to shut everything down because I was, I won't say shut everything down, but things came to an almost screeching halt. I was able to manage what I could, but my priority was my father. Then, and he got sick in September 2015 and passed in January of 16. I'm, you know, working on the business, again, trying to come out of that crisis. How do you do that? You focus on the positive things. You have a, a, a game plan. What, what is it that I need to be doing right now? And focus on those things and not the negative. Because you can wallow and worry about things that have occurred, but those things are not going to get you where you need to go. And I was on my way. I really was. And then my son graduated from high school on June 5th that same year. I'm sorry, June 1st that same year and had a ruptured brain aneurysm on June 5th. So right back into crisis mode. And he was in the hospital for 37 days. We came home for two. We moved to Atlanta for two months for him to go through his rehab. Um, we were very blessed in that he, you know, recovered, is doing well, and started college a, a year later. But all of that prepared me for the storm. And out of everything that we have gone through as a family, that I have gone through as a business owner, for me it has always been about 
keeping my eye on the ball, keeping my eye on what was important. So although I, you know, my son was there, my father was there, I was taking care of them, I worked from the from the uh, emergency room where I'm, I worked from, well, not, I didn't do it then, I just say the ICU room or his rehab center. I, I continued to have my laptop to kind of at least figure out how do I, how do I keep the, the boat going until I can get back into it full time. And I have always been that type of person that there's always a blessing or a silver lining in everything. So instead of focusing on what happened to my, my, my father, I focused on the fact that we were blessed with an additional four months because he could have been taken immediately. Instead of focusing on the probability that my son wasn't going to be here because they gave him a 10 to 15% chance of survival, I focused on the 10 to 15% and said my son was in the 10 to 15 percentile, which he was. And, you know, was blessed that he was able to to make it. So when you look at crisis, uh, and and, and let's bring it to the current crisis with COVID, for those people that had things happen, and you you said it, everybody in the world has been impacted by this thing. So there's, there's two groups. There's those people that, oh, my gosh, my business has closed. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm in dire straits. Oh, my gosh, how am I going to pay this? And, and that's what you focus on because where the mind goes, energy flows, and you get more of whatever it is you're focusing on. But for those that said for every crisis that we have had, for every challenge that we have had, there's always new opportunities that arise. There's always new needs that arise. So, yes, you might have worked in a, in a industry where your industry or services or whatever came to a screeching halt on that, then you got stuck right there. But if you took the time to step away from it and go, okay, there are going to be some opportunities here. Something's going to happen. There's going to be a need that's not being met right now because it, this thing never happened before. And if I take the time to look and, and, and look at the, at the landscape, I might be able to pick that thing out. So one of the things that we, we teach our clients is pivoting. So if you play basketball, if you're familiar with basketball, you can dribble, you move forward, you move back, or you can go anywhere you want to. But then you come to a stop, and as long as you're dribbling the ball, you can continue to move. But when you pick the ball up, and that's kind of where we are with COVID, we had to pick the ball up, we had to stop moving forward or backwards, as long as I plant that one foot in place, that's my, my foundation. So your foundation is your current business and what you're doing and trying to salvage that and, and, and working in it. But I also have the ability to keep that foot planted solidly but spin around. I can pivot to the left. I can pivot to the right. I can pivot all the way around. And at that point, I'm looking at the landscape. I'm looking at opportunities. I'm looking at where is a need that the industry, the customer, whoever has that I could I could not see before, and then I can you know what can I do? And you don't have to pick your foot up and and, and move totally into that. But now you have salvaging the business and then possibly converting or transitioning into something new. I I am just I'm sitting here in awe of everything that you have experienced. And how you manage to, I love the statement that you made that where the mind goes, the energy flows. So you could have in any of your situations chose to focus on the 85% that, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) My notifications were off. The 85% that is, that wasn't positive and you focused on the 15% that your son would pull through and 
and how that helps your energy. So I love that. I love that. And that's, that's a wonderful message for organizations and companies and entrepreneurs that to get through that crisis and move into that state of confidence. Now, when you're talking about actually having an organization or a business where you have employees, and your employees may feel very much on shaky ground. How do you help them? Why is it important for them to be confident? And how do you help them to be confident? So, you know, I'll, I'll just share with you what we did. This happened, you know, we, we shut our doors as far as closing the office and going to teleworking on March the 16th. So we just celebrated a, a year and a month. And, I knew for me, coming from my background, I was accustomed to working from home. I, you know, I had that down pat. My, my previous positions had taught me how to do that. The other piece of it was because it was the unknown, as a leader, even if you don't have the answers, you cannot go radio silent on your team. They're looking for you for guidance, even if that guidance is nothing more than, hey, we're going to get through this together. I have no idea what's going to happen, right, or we're, we have no idea how long this is going to last, and Lord knows who, who knew that we would be here a year and a month later, right? So reaching out to our staff, ensuring that they knew that, one, we were there to support them, that we understood that this was stressful. We even took them through stress management training. We took them through um, effective communication. And we had to make sure that we had effective communication with them, where we met with them on Zoom at least once a week to let me give you some updates. And maybe the updates were I don't have updates. Or maybe the update was, hey, I found another strategy that you can employ to be productive. We had to, to walk them through how to be productive. We talked to them about how to care for our clients. We talked to them about, you know, it's okay to be scared. It's okay because this is, this is something that, you know, we've never endured before, and, and who would have thought it? I mean, I don't think you could have done this if you had a crystal ball. So as leaders, people don't always need you to have the answer. They just need to know you have their back. Oh, you don't know how much I, I agree with that. Communication is so, so important. And, yes, when you are a leader, the way that you make your – employees, or I shouldn't say make them, inspire confidence in them is to listen to them and to acknowledge mm-hmm. their, mm-hmm. you know, what they've got going on. And exactly, it, it works wonders, absolute wonders. So I love that messaging because it does really start with the leadership. And if you are an entrepreneur, whether you are only working with individuals that you outsource to, Uh, subcontractors or you have employees working on site or virtual teams, it is that communication and that acknowledgement of what their concerns are that that makes for a really strong, strong foundation and company culture. So what is (laughs) – will you talk about a team synergy? So what do you – what does this mean? What does team synergy mean and how can businesses achieve that? Synergy, so we even go from the path of, of, of a path of what I call synergy leadership. Synergy leadership for me 
is the ability to acknowledge and recognize the energy that you bring into the room. You know, we have people that go through things or you encounter people and then you look at the person that you're encountering and go, oh, my gosh, what in the world is wrong with them? And the reality is there's nothing wrong with them. Is that you were having a bad day, you didn't realize it, but you carried this very catabolic energy into the room and they were just responding to you. So self-awareness first, because I believe that as a leader, you can't lead anyone until you know how to lead yourself. And leading yourself means being self-aware. How are you coming across? What energy are you bringing into the room? And I tell everybody, you are ultimately responsible for the energy that you bring into the room. So by understanding my level of energy and what I'm bringing to the table, but also understanding and learning how to read my team members' energy, that I can leverage that energy and have everybody come together and accomplish whatever goals we set forth, whether it's the vision of the organization, whether it's the, the, you know, fulfilling the mission, whether it's just you know, being there for a client on a specific project, everybody's in sync, and we don't have to worry about either a loose cannon or unintentionally sending the wrong vibes is, is, is another way of saying it. But when you talk about inspiration, Inspiration is a is a feeling, it's a it's a way of being, but it has to start internally first and it has to start with us figuring out what's going on with us and making sure that hey, when we go on to talk to that team, we have to be on point, our energy needs to be high and we need to set the example of what we're looking for them to project. And then one of the things I'll say is there's this myth I won't call it a myth. I'm just going to say what my belief is. A lot of people say the customer is the most important. I tell my team, no, I don't agree with that. My team's members are the most important, and here's why. Because if I pour into them, if I support them, if they know how much I'm going to support them and be there for them and have their backs, then their synergy, their energy is going to project that, and they're going to bring their best selves to the table when they're providing services to our clients. And if they bring their best selves, then that client is going to be more everything that we're providing. So when you talk about that leadership, it's it's really about how you, as you said, how you inspire, but there's a methodology to inspiring people. There's a methodology to inspiring yourself. And if you can do that and leverage everyone's energy going in the same direction, there's absolutely nothing that you can't accomplish. I I couldn't agree more. The The stronger your leader the stronger your teams, the stronger your teams, the stronger your customer base. Because you, yeah. as you said, you're, you're putting out that energy that's going to draw the dynamic company, customers to you. But you can't draw dynamic customers to you if you aren't a dynamic team. Exactly. <laughs> so it's it's all, I, I, I echo that. I, I love that. Now, what can leaders learn from their moments of loss. So this last year has obviously been a struggle and a challenge for everyone. Everyone's, you know, pulling up and looking at the future going, okay, there are definitely some changes that are most likely going to be permanent, some positive, some not necessarily positive. There are definitely changes that have hit the economy and businesses as a whole. So as leaders, because it starts with the leaders, what can leaders learn from these things that they've lost in the past or even moments of loss that they go through on a daily, weekly basis? I think, honestly, 
when you experience crisis, you, you, you first and foremost learn things about yourself. And that's an individual thing. When you have, you know, it's okay, it's fine when you're just living your life and you're okay, fine, everything's cool. But what really manifests is your true self and true core of who you are when you're, when, when you're dead smack in the middle of, 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 of this crisis. And who you are and how you show up is important. So that's the first thing you would learn. And if you did not show up the way that you anticipated or wanted to, then you just identified an area in which you can become better. Maybe not better for a crisis. I hope we don't have any like this anytime soon. But maybe there's there's something within you that you're not confident in or something within you that you need to tweak and work on that will allow you to show up in a, in a better light the next time this happens. So we, we identify our gap. That's the first thing we learn. I think we learn our leadership, you know, acumen in crisis. You know, we we were never tested this way before. So what I like to go back and, and do is, is what do you call an after-action review, where you go back and you look at, okay, here's what happened. This is what we did or I did, and this is what I think could have gone better. So it's really the, it's a, it's an individual assessment, but it's important for you to take the time to do it because if you – my hope is that – we all went into this thing, but I hope we all come out of it in a better position and better than when we went in. And what do I mean by that? You might have lost revenue. You may have lost a job. But as an individual person, as, a, as, as the core of who you really are, hopefully you sat down when there was, you know, no television to be seen that was new because there was no sports on, you know, there were no games on, the soap operas weren't even being recorded anymore. So we had time to sit and, and, and kind of reflect on who we are or who we were and who we wanted to be. And, and it's nice to sit back and do that from time to time because if you don't do it, nobody's going to do it for you. So hopefully out of that, we've, we've learned some lessons and we've implemented some strategies to take us to, to a higher level of our own selves. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the majority of the leadership has recognized that. The other thing I'll tell you is sometimes leaders have to recognize and understand that their leadership style has to change because of their audience. You know, we were at a point where there might have been one, two, maybe three generations working in the workforce at one point in time, and now we're at five, about to be six different generational um, levels in one workforce, and if you're managing all of them, that could be a challenge. So maybe mm-hmm. you have to go back and learn how do we communicate with, if I'm a, bo- a baby boomer, how do I communicate with a millennial? Um, those are all things that I think came out of this, and I hope we all learn our lessons and can kind of figure out, well, what what lessons did I need to learn from this? Because sometimes life gives us lessons, and I'm an avid believer that Life gives us lessons because, you know, my sister-in-law likes to say life is a master class, and when you get the lesson, you get to move on to the next one. But if you don't get the lesson, if you don't get it this time, guess what? Universe is going to bring it right back to you until you get it again. And hopefully we, we've all grown and, 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 and eventually will prosper from all of this. I love that. Life is a master class. Isn't that the truth? You're constantly learning, and if you ever have the attitude 
that you're done learning, you've got a problem. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's a huge problem. That's a huge problem. You know, learning to me is is growth. And if you think about it, if you think about a plant, when a plant stops growing, it dies. When you think about water, when water flows, it is a living thing that, you know, kind of ebbs and flows in a river. But when that, when that water stops flowing and it's, it just puddles and it stops moving, it becomes a puddle. And in a lot of cases, it becomes poison or icky, and then it eventually evaporates and dries up. And who wants to do that? Right, right. Very true. In order to move from crisis to confidence, we have to constantly be growing, right? I love yes. it. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Now, Karen, I noticed when I was reading your bio that you are not just a recognized speaker, but also an author. Tell us about what you have authored. Well, back to when I was working with the nonprofits and we were fighting foreclosure, one of the things I noted was that 65% of the people didn't have to be there. And, and they were there because they were led blindly or they were led incorrectly or they just totally overlooked stuff. And, and we've never really been taught financial literacy. There's nothing really taught in school. There's nothing really taught in college. And, and I had learned the, the hard way. Just seeing the people that were in those situations, I said, we need a basic financial literacy book that can outline for people, you know, really what is it about this financial game that I need to understand so that I can win at it or at least not be taken advantage of and lose at it. So I think what happens is we get out and start playing football trying to play soccer guidelines or we try to play basketball, you know, playing football guidelines. You can't get a touchdown in basketball. And when we have a better understanding and know what questions to ask of our professions, of our professionals like accountants and bankers and that kind of thing, I think we're better positioned to be successful. So it's a, it's a book called Nobody Told Me, because guess what? Nobody Told Me, The Path to Financial Empowerment. And it's, it's, uh, it's available on Amazon on, on the Kindle version. Uh, and if you have a Kindle, I think it's actually at no cost. So just always trying to help people prepare and protect themselves. And in this case, it was to prepare and protect themselves financially. Boy, that sounds like a wonderful book, especially for those you're right that the education in the in in the school is more schools nowadays nowadays is more computer based learn all these programs, but they don't really even know how to write a check, which not that we write exactly. checks that much anymore, but, but that concept <laughs> right <laughs> I still do I hate to confess I still do. No, I still do as well for my husband's business. We still, still still do that. All right. Well, Karen, again, it has been such a pleasure having you on this show today, on the Women Entrepreneur Show today. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. And I would love to – we're going we're gonna to have to stay connected. And if you would like yes, to stay connected – Absolutely, absolutely. If you'd like to stay connected with Karen – her website is krjconsulting.com, and you can follow her on Facebook under that uh, same thing, K-R-J, can, K, no, yes. That's <laughs> K- right, All right, and K-R-J Consulting LLC on Facebook. Um, all of those links are there on our show page for today with this interview, and it has been a pleasure to have you here, Karen. Thank you very much. Thank We're you gonna so have- much. I enjoyed it.
Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps it up for the for the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Show for today. If you'd like to continue to stay connected to our group, we have our Facebook group, Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. We have our Facebook page, Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire, and we are on Instagram at we.extraordinaire. And you can like and follow the show and be sure to share it for anyone that you think would benefit from the information that we've shared today. If you want to become part of our group, uh, visit our website, womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. And if you have any questions or you want to join as a member, shoot us an a the, the way to join is right there on the website. And you can also send us an email at Info at WomenEntrepreneursExtraordinaire.com. If you are a dynamic women, woman entrepreneur, female entrepreneur, and would like to be featured on the program or know of somebody who you think would be a good feature for the program, shoot us an email. Reach out to myself or to Kelly, our liaison at Kelly at WomenEntrepreneursExtraordinaire.com. And let us know. Introduce yourself. And we will continue the conversation So that is it for our Women Entrepreneurs Show today. Thank you for joining in and for listening. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Give us a share. Show us some social media love. And until next time, everyone, simply enjoy every moment.